Hello, everybody. This is Andrea, and I'd like to welcome you to our January webinar and podcast episode, the first for 2024. Uh, quick reminder on asking questions. If you're joining us live today, you'll have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. Just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel, and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithinc.com. I will now hand over to Mark Holton, SmithInc Director, who is presenting today's session on how to be a financial storyteller. Over to you, Mark. Well, thanks, Andrea, and uh, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to 2024. I hope you had a great Christmas, a wonderful New Year, and you're chomping at the bit to get stuck into it again. Dear, oh, dear. I got back yesterday from leave. I think I'm still, still acclimatising. So the art of financial storytelling, one of my personal favourites. Um, I've long believed in the game that I've pursued in my career, that storytelling is a really important part of the client, client engagement process. But probably with any story, it should start with once upon a time. So let me start with once upon a time. There was a young, brash, uh, clean-faced young fellow who was frustrated at the time with compliance. He was also frustrated with the fact that many clients couldn't see the value in what we were doing and honestly drove him nuts when it come to challenging bills and the like. And this young fellow was invited to a seminar in Sydney and the fellow that invited him said, come along and have a look at this piece of software. It'll change the way you do business forever. And I was a bit reluctant going because, uh, said me, didn't I? This young fellow was a bit reluctant going because the person who invited him used to tell him every week he had something that he could sell him that would change the way he did business forever, but he went mainly because his football side was playing in Sydney that night, and he saw a piece of software. And that night, something clicked. He looked at it and thought, I can use this. In fact, my clients need it. More importantly, I and my practice need it when I was looking to see the financial impact of key business decisions before I made them. And I thought I could honestly and truthfully push that through to my clients. The problem with this story is that night, the young fellow bought two pieces of software, walked out of the particular or the particular function centre in Crow's Nest and thought, what the hell do I do with it? I can tell stories to my clients pretty easily when we look at financials that are historical and that have already happened. But how do I truly get involved with them at a deeper, more strategic, meaningful level? And that was one of the significant challenges I suppose with any story, if it starts with once upon a time, the goal is to get to happily ever after. And was this a happily ever after story? Well, pretty well. But the teeth of it, the guts of it was all in the middle. So what happened in the middle? How did you address it? How did you get clients on board? How did you get them interested enough to want to pay you more than they already were, particularly some of those who were reluctant paying what you were already charging them? And how did we take that into a storytelling situation? The one thing this young fellow, if you haven't worked it out by the way I'm talking about myself, the easiest story you'll ever tell is about yourself, your war stories, what you've done, what's worked and what hasn't worked. It also articulates beautifully with clients when you are showing a little bit of vulnerability, a little bit of empathy around their particular situation. But the one thing I've learned about storytelling over the years is one, I always wanted to do it. I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous, although I always get nervous before any presentation. But at the end of the day, I thought I could reasonably tell a good story and I really wanted to do it. 
The thing with stories is they have to be able to relate to our clients, remember and connect with our emotions and then link that into your client emotions. They need to be able to wrap people's stories around their numbers and engage them. Let's be frank, the majority of clients come to us to get their numbers done, get their tax lodged, because they have to. If they don't, they get penalised. So how do we take that concept and turn numbers into knowledge? How do we educate, not just tell them? How do we take those numbers and make them more meaningful to the client and more engaging for the experience and more strategic in what we're trying to achieve here? I think at the end of the day, the key to storytelling is to find out what's important to the client. I call it a wiki, what's important to you? So in the client's mind, what are their key issues? And let me tell you, with all the work I've done in this space, very rarely is it financial. Okay, the only time it really clinks into financial is that the cash flow is too tight. The clients aren't paying them, and that will always come up. But at the end of the day, when you dig deeper, you find things like dependency. You find things like work-life balance. You find things like risk. You find things like succession. And all those things that strategically tell you the client needs us as a storyteller to dig far deeper than we do just with the historical accounts that we produce. Sure, I can take any set of historicals. I know they're right. I've done them. I can put them into any bit of the analytical software that sits out there in the market at the moment. And there's some brilliant versions. <clears throat> but then what story do I tell? Am I going to tell them a story about yesterday? Am I going to focus on what they could have done, should have done, might have done yesterday that they can't because yesterday's over? Or am I going to start to talk to them about what they can do tomorrow? Okay? When we say once upon a time, that's really where the client is today. When we say happily ever after, that's where we want to get the client to in the future. But the key thing is what's in the middle. So we've got to get inside their head. We've got to find out what's important to them. We've got to find out what's, you know, agitating them, why they see their success and failures. And we need to be able to structure our stories around them to make it a personal engaging, interactive experience. With that in mind, the question really is, what problems will we solve for our clients? Well, how do you know if you don't ask them? How, if you know, how do you know if you don't find out what's important to them, what keeps them awake at night? Use whatever cliche you wish. We've got to ask, we've got to capture, then we've got to solve. And we all know that at times we've got to define the problem because the client doesn't know. We've got to set the expectation because the client really doesn't know what they can achieve. And then more importantly, having identified the issue, set the expectation for the future, it's up to us as their partner in success to work with them. So it's ask, capture, deliver. With that in mind, the one thing we need to do is to create the priorities moving forward. Fine to look at yesterday, as I said, but it's tomorrow that really counts. So where do they want to be in the future? How are they going to get there? Who's going to do it? When's it going to be done? And when do we celebrate success? Okay. When do we crack a bottle of wine? When do we have a party and say, by golly, we've done well. How can we do better again? We've got to take it down that pathway. So how do I create business advisory sex success through stories? Everything I've done in my career has been around telling stories. Well, I had a client that did this. I had a client that didn't do this. 
I had a client, okay, that went down this pathway and created immense success. Myself, I've done stuff that worked. I've done stuff that failed. You know, empathy, falling on your sword a little bit, talking to them about those war stories really does relate and helps you engage them further into more advisory success and obviously more diversification of income for your firms. But we've got to go down that pathway, find out what's important to them, okay? Ask and capture and deliver. And then look to, with everything they say to you, look at what service you offer in your firm as part of your advisory suite that will I will address the issue they've put in front of you, be it negative, be it positive. So when we start to talk about uh, advisory and diversification and telling stories, you know, what compliance services do you think clients are going to want from us in the next one to three? I'm going to scratch that all together and say forget three. I think it's one. You know, do they want us to talk to them about their investment strategy, their asset management, how to implement things like collecting debts, managing inventory, controlling WIP, how to address communication issues with their team, issues relating to HR, issues relating to strategy. I'm a big one on strategic planning for clients. I think out of strategic planning comes a million and one opportunities. But what can we do? Well, the first thing we need to think about when it comes to telling good stories is, is your intention strategic or transactional? Are you going to focus on where are they today, where they need to be tomorrow, and how you can help them get there? Or are you going to feed the data into a piece of software and talk to them about what they did yesterday? Okay, there's, there's a combination there, but which one do you lead off with? Are your stories strategic or are your stories transactionally focused? Even more so, what are you trying to achieve in your firm? Are you after, after one-off advisory work or are you after annuity advisory services? The classic example of this, I believe, is a cash flow and budget. Clients come to us to do a cash flow and budget generally because a third party has asked them to and they don't know how to do it themselves. Many firms tell me they do the budget, they build the budget, and basically that's the end of the exercise. How do we turn a budget and a cash flow into annuity? Well, simple. You then talk to the client about the budget and the cash flow being their success plan. That's the story. How do we create the story? Well, we need to get together at least every quarter and monitor how you're tracking actual the budget to your plans, to your success. And we need to work on strategies if something isn't going right to address it and address it quick, not just to use it as a sort of punitive passive type planning tool, but an active planning tool where you as a storyteller drive services at them in the line of a external board chair and the like. So I'm always looking for annuity. The greatest example I see of annuity services is tax. Every year clients come back. Every year we do basically the same, admittedly different numbers, okay? But it's a very commoditized service. You'll never totally commoditize advisory, but you've got to take it as far as you can. So I'm looking at annuity type services. So when I look at what is out there, what can we do? I'm looking at things like financial health checks, business value indications, pre-lending assessments. I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Getting the client ready to borrow, not just finding out they borrowed, got knocked back, but getting them ready and billing for it. It's about time we made some money out of the lending system. Board of advice meetings, my 101 sweet spot. 
If I can get every client into a quarterly board of advice meeting where I, as the external chairman, hold them accountable to their plans and my administration and and um, accounting team do all the legwork, so all I do is go from meeting to meeting, I've hit the sweet spot. I've got diversification. I've got scalability. Managing cash flow, inventory, WIP, debtors. At times, I think we go too high and too heavy too early. You know, we start to do things like estate planning, succession planning. And whilst they're important, the thing that really bothers the client is cost, customers aren't paying them quick enough. Their debtors are out of control. Their WIP is not measured and managed. Their inventory is, is too long sitting on the shelf. And all those other things, their price points ain't right. Their cost structures ain't right. I think I've always thought hit them where it helps the most. And then do things like, Management of KPIs, no-brainer, simple, easy. You can use the different software out there. Heaven forbid you could use Excel. And look at their top 10 KPIs. It might be lending, liquidity, profitability, asset management, return, or any specific measures for their business. In fact, the budget and a cash flow leads to quarterly board of advice meetings, leads to implementation strategies, leads to KPI management. It is all interlinked. And then we can start to look at some of the more additional services like estate planning, succession planning, strategy work, three-way budgets, cash flows, ongoing reporting of actual budgets, part of the board of advice process. And another no-brainer in my mind is helping them get government grants, particularly where they pay a component of your fee. Most of these grants out there are dollar-for-dollar matching. So what better way to get the client engaged and you diversify your firm than helping them fund you through government assistance? You might just need to help them a little bit to find where they are and get through the process of application, but the means warrant the end. And then finally, moving to where I made all my money, and that is showing clients should they or shouldn't they make a decision. Will they or won't they commit to something? And I don't care what it is, whether it's should I or shouldn't I buy a new piece of capital equipment? Should I or shouldn't I employ a new person? Open a new a new location? Rent instead of lease? Buy? Buy instead of lease? Okay? Should I or shouldn't I drive my business to get a return that is at least higher than the amount of interest I'm paying? In fact, I'll go as far as to say that any debit and any credit, I can show you how you can show a client that you will show them the financial impact of key business decisions before they make it. So they will go ahead and make the decision with the knowledge that it should work, not on the speculative position where it might or might not work. And these services here are delivered when the client needs them. So it's drop tools, do it. And in my mind, the fee should warrant that immediacy as well, just like every other supplier out there. So if we've got a whole suite of services that are there to deliver <clears throat> responses we've got out of the client by asking them what they need, what they want, or digging into what's happening in their world, then from that perspective, how do we then start to use numbers? And this is only part of it, guys. We've only got half an hour a day, but how do we start to use numbers to tell stories? And it's all going to come back to how you analyse your client's performance. I'm a big believer that many clients are sort of like the old duck principle. 
Above the waterline, it looks majestic, it looks beautiful. Underneath the waterline, it's paddling and paddling at light speed. So many of us tend to look good, but underneath the infrastructure of our businesses are really quite struggling or maybe have a few hairline cracks in it that need to be addressed. But if I'm going to focus on improvement, I'm always going to focus strategically at what is above the waterline, not what is below it. The process I've always used of turning numbers into knowledge is to identify what I call the four key chapters of performance, such as the power of one. So what would happen if you improve something in your business by one day, one step, 1%. And then I also focus with them on the big three cash flow measures, trying to get them to improve the financial performance of their business. And that might be as something as simple as collecting debts quicker, turning over inventory quicker, measuring and managing whips smarter, putting prices up, but maybe having a, a result and impact on volume. Should I or shouldn't I do that? But tell me before I do it. I'm also looking at how do I turn numbers into knowledge? So on screen at the moment is a typical summarised set of financials that tell me what about this guy's profit and loss. Well, I can see his revenue is going up. That's pretty darn obvious. It's gone up $200,000 from last year to this year. I can see his margin. I can see his EBIT. Interestingly, on 4.1 mil of turnover, his EBIT was much higher than it was on 4.3. There's the crack. There's the story. Okay. His depreciation is going down, so he's not buying more assets. Let's assume that had been written off. His interest is going up. There's a leak. I'm wondering how he's managing that interest increase. I'm wondering how he's managing his cash flow. Well, whilst this is a starting point, very few clients respond to rows and columns of numbers and figures, unless you're going to spend 90% of your life trying to explain it to an audience that generally doesn't follow it. What I want to do is turn it into numbers. I want to talk to the client about their reds and their greens. Green is good. Let's keep it green. Red is bad, strength, weakness. How do I find it, fix it, and fix it fast? So looking at our friend here, his sales have gone up 200. Well, I presume that's good. I'm wondering if he has a budget. I'm wondering how he did it. I've got a million and one questions going through my head just looking at this screen. So I'll tell better stories, ask better questions by getting prepared. I can see that his margin is dropping slightly. I can see that his overheads have gone up. I can see his operating profit is down by about 46K. And that represents about 1.63 profit loss on every 100 bucks of revenue. And as I start to look down, it's pretty darn obvious to me and to them that I have far too many reds and far too few greens. So can they turn reds into greens? The reality is if they could, they would have done it before they met you. And that's where they start to create what I call reliance. My goal is always move the client from compliance towards more of a reliance relationship. And I do that pictorially through their business. To take it further, we look at this guy's business, his margin over the last four years has been dropping. Could be four months, could be four quarters. His EBIT, his operating profit, has been dropping. His net profit has been dropping. So as he sells more, he earns less. So if we looked at him a few years back, for every $100 of revenue, 
Mitchell claims seven dollars and forty cents. Now that he's escalated revenue, he's taking home you know just over half of that. So as he works harder, he's earning less. Try explaining that to a client using columns and rows of numbers. Numbers in the knowledge. And then start to talk to them about simple explanations. This one, I think, is an absolute pearl. Last year, stock comes in day zero. I have to pay my suppliers day 46. I don't turn it to day 101. Negative cash flow. By the time the clients pay me on average, I'm down 172 days. From the moment I pay my supplier to the moment the customer pays me, 172 days have elapsed. Too long. But then I increase sales by 200,000. Look what happens. The creditors are similar. The stock is turning slower. The customers are paying longer. And literally, uh, another month has elapsed, 12 months down the track, on my ability to turn sales into cash. Yet, I'm focusing heavily on increasing sales. So there's a leak, a crack, a problem in the story that we need to delve into and find out what this client is all about. So when I talk to a client, I just make it simple. I try to use explanations to formulas and outcomes that will not hurt their head. So I'll say to them, that's the number of days from when you pay your supplier until you get paid. That's the number of days you're funding the business out of your bank account or your overdraft, okay? And you're funding it longer and it's costing you more because we're not addressing the key weaknesses in your business. Tell me if a client wouldn't respond to that. I want to leave you at the moment because I'm just about out of time with a recommendation of something to have a read and a quote from a fellow called Bob Iger, the chairman of Disney Corp. He's now just returned as CEO to Disney. It says, all change or innovations that have happened in the world are due to people willing to see something more than others see. Where others see roadblocks, successful people see opportunities. Bob Iger was the acquisition CEO of Disney, the guy that did the deal on you know, Star Tours, Pixar, uh, George Lucas, et cetera, et cetera, the Avengers and also Fox Media. Fascinating read. The book is called The Ride of a Lifetime. And if you get a chance to have a look at that and listen to some of the things, or listen to it rather, which is what I do these days, I tell you what, you'll pick something else out of it. The other thing with storytelling, another book that I've had a lot of uh, influence from is the E-Myth, Michael Gerber's book. In my mind, advisory services storytelling is classic E-Myth strategies. So there's a couple of recommendations to you. So I suggest, guys, I recommend, take the challenge. Grow the size of your practice revenue without increasing the percentage of compliance work. I mean, that'll happen anyway. The more important thing, I think, with storytelling and getting engaged with the client and developing relationships, strategies, identifying strengths, addressing weaknesses, taking them down the pathway of success as a partner is one thing undoubtedly I've had over the years is an awful lot of fun. So has it been the story that started with Once Upon a Time? Maybe. Has it been the story that started with Happily Ever After? Well, I'll leave you to judge that. But the most important thing is what comes in the middle. And none of this will happen for you in your firm unless we make the commitment to do something different. We make the commitment to diversify. 
to take that advisory suggestion that's been belted at you forever and actually do something about it and build an advisory plan and build a storytelling plan as part of that. I do hope you do it. I've enjoyed having a chat today. And Andrea, at this point in time, more than happy to open up to any questions. Great. Thank you, Mark. Great session. Um, just a reminder, if you would like to ask a question now online, just um, type that into the Q&A function or raise your hand and I can um, unmute you for a moment, whatever you prefer to do. We'll just give it a couple of moments uh, and see if anybody's got any questions today. Um, a reminder, the, se the session has been recorded, so the recording will go out later today um, and you should have received copies of the slides, but that will also be included with the recording. And I think it looks like everybody's pretty quiet, Mark. Andrew, if anyone online wants to have a chat about how to, how to become or be better or make more story suggestions, more than happy to have a you know a web session with you, have a bit of a chat about where your firm is today, where you want it to be in the future, how we can structurally put the, the infrastructure in place to be able to tell more stories and obviously diversify and create more success. More than happy to have a complimentary chat with anyone. Just reach out to me. Sounds good. So um, just contact either of us if you'd like to set up a time with Mark to go through anything in particular. Uh, looks like we don't have questions today. Thanks, Mark, for presenting. And thanks. Oh, hold on. Popping up. Ah, thank you, James has said. Not a question, but thanks from the UK. Thanks thank for you, James. James. I'm, I'm not sure what time it is in the UK, my friend, but it couldn't be early. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for being online. Thanks, everybody, for being online. Thanks, Mark. And we will see you soon. Thanks again, guys. Have a great month.